and welcome to Drone World, a podcast by Copters. I'm your host, Sam Deniff, and today we're going to be chatting about drones in public safety and defence. Uh, I'm joined today by Steve Blair. Steve, do you want to introduce yourself? Hiya, Sam. Yeah, so uh, I've been in a few of these already, so I'm sure a lot of people have, uh, have already heard my Dorset tones. So, yeah, basically, we're... Um, we're going to be chatting today, Sam, aren't we, about public safety and defence and security and all these different applications. I know you've got some, you've been working with some exciting companies and we'll talk about inside hardware and software and things that are getting introduced at the moment. So, Yeah, yeah. And for those that don't know me, um, I'm the business development manager for public safety and defence. So that means I work with uh, police forces, fire services, search and rescue teams, private security companies. Um, and defence, obviously, main one being the Ministry of Defence. Yeah, enabling their drone strategies, bringing in new technology, uh, consulting with them on how best to best to grow and expand their, their drone operations. So, yeah, as Steve said, we're going to look at some of the new tech that is that is coming in and taking off in the industry uh, and, and some of the ways it's used. Yeah, cool. So, like, we've been talking quite a bit, haven't we, recently about this, this Lorenz technology sound, which is, like, amazing because in the public safety sector you kind of think of just your basic you know looking on thermal cameras and looking for people in woods that are stealing sheep or you know that sort of thing but when we're talking about the security side of it i've heard i've heard a lot about lorenz i mean they're quite innovative and what, what are they doing really? yeah yeah so so in in security especially the main limitation the guys operating drones tend to have is that they have to be stood there flying the drone the whole time uh, and what they find then is the benefits of not having to have manned security teams are kind of overruled because you've got manned drone teams and it has the exact same negatives as the traditional methods so with something like Lorenz the Lorenz technology what that does is allows them to automate a lot of the security operations so autonomously do perimeter security sweeps and get a live stream of the data back from that to uh, a laptop to a tablet and then send that out to the guys who are then going to react to it sort of in the in the field so from a private security side there's there's massive benefits of that lorenz the lorenz system um, but then they're going to probably look at, at, at ways it can be used in other industries as well so autonomous inspection lends itself quite nicely to that and a few other fields as well but the good thing with it is as well as it works with a, a range of different drones so you don't just have to have the kit for one one drone system. So if I was, if I, so say I'm uh, Bill Bloggs then, and I'm lose, I'm got a security firm. What, what would I actually use it for? Um, so the main thing would be perimeter perimeter security. So the main thing would be if you have a security firm and you would normally send a man patrol out, say every hour to do, um, say it's an industrial estate with sensitive sites on it. You send them around every hour to uh, to survey the site. Rather than doing that, you can send out a drone with the Lorenz module attached and with the system up and running. The drone will fly the exact same route on the hour every hour. It'll feed back the data to the pilot who can then stream it onto a command center. And they can even set alerts within that. So if it sees movement, if it sees something on that boundary that shouldn't be there, then that'll get fed back uh, and an alert will be sent out. So a lot more efficient than just sending a man to 
Blime, it's like something straight out of Robo Robocop, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, the next steps with the Lorenz tech as well is some of the AI developments in it. So they're looking at, for example, you can plug in the registration plate of every vehicle that's allowed mm. on the site. And then if it spots a vehicle with a reg plate that it doesn't recognize, it will send an alert and the drone can then track that vehicle through the site for someone to respond. That's, that's, a, that's maybe a few, at least a few months, maybe up to a year away. But the good thing with Lorenz is they're happy to develop that. So if someone comes to them and says, that's what we want, they will, uh, you know, they'll work with them to, to develop it. Where, where are they from? Who's you? Who's using it? It's been used. It's been used um, sort of Europe, Europe wide at the minute. I don't know if there's any use, users outside of the EU. Is there any US uses? Uh, not, that I'm, not that I'm aware of. I know they they do some sort of link to the marine industry, haven't they? In, 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 yeah. They're working around ports and sort of looking at security around port side and inspecting ports. So. That's all I know about, but it's really interesting. So, have you been? So, have you been doing some work for them with them? We've done some. Yes, we've done. We've done some testing with some of their some of their systems um, with some clients, and just looking at ways to bring it into the UK market. They're quite keen as a uh, as the guys who made this system to make it available to people in the UK, and they actually approached us. Normally, it's the way around. They approached us and said, "Can you bring our system to the UK market?" Which is always a good sign because it means that they they saw copters. Uh, naming lights. I thought, yeah, if we want to work with these guys. Uh, they're the leaders in the industry in the UK. So they asked us to take it on, demo it to our customers, uh, and then get some feedback from there. And that's the stage we're at at the minute. We're, we're gathering the feedback and making sure it is the best product in the world at what it does. So far, it's looking really good. And as long as it is, then we'll we'll start providing it to our to our customers. Brilliant. I know we like looking at real sort of far-reaching technology here and sort of going through real innovative ideas and not just what the not just what the sort of security industry needs at the moment but j jumping from security then to something completely different sam i know you've been doing some work with sky hero is it with sky hero yeah well not so much with them directly but with obviously with their products so that's the the loki 2 which is the little internal internal tactical drone so that's a piece of kit that's been in development for years and years and it's trying to fill that gap where you can put some uh, put some prop cages around a normal drone and chuck it in a building and it might work for a little bit and then it'll invariably get stuck by a vortex <laughs> to a wall and smash to pieces. If you crash it, it's written off. You save a bit of money in the short term, but you go through 10, 15, 20 of them in a year and it never works. So Sky Hero developed this drone that flies in completely GPS-denied environments. It's not bristling with sensors like some other drones that are designed for that. It's built to be crashed into things and it's built to be very rugged. And what we've actually been doing this week is testing it to the uh, MOD's standards of conformity, basically, without giving uh, any state secrets away. So we've been making sure it, it does what it says it can do. The feedback's been really positive uh, and obviously we're hoping for a big, a big blue tick on the system for MOD use. But there's massive use cases for police for sort of armed crime and firearms use. You can fire that into a building and fly it through instead of using, for example, a dog team uh, or instead of sending officers in. And then, you know, you'd much rather a drone gets bashed into a wall that can then just take back off and fly again rather than someone getting bashed or, or a police dog getting bashed or whatever it may be. So yeah, we find some really interesting use cases for them. And then there's the distraction devices that fit onto them, which have been developed fairly recently as well. And that's by a company called Typhon. And they're effectively like uh, like flashbangs that you can attach to the drone. So you fly the drone into a building, 
Um, you have the trigger on the controller, you set the safety and you set off uh, either five rounds of, of flashbang or one incredibly loud bang, basically, to disorientate people. So it's non-lethal distraction. So it's a lot safer than traditional flashbangs and stun grenades and stuff, which give off a lot of heat and often some shrapnel, but it provides as much, if not more, of a distraction, especially if you're sat, not knowing what's happening, you hear this drone come flying through the through the room towards you, and then there's a massive flash and a, and a huge loud noise. That's going to uh, certainly throw you off when the police come storming through the door after that. Oh, so the police can use it, not just military, police. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a very specific sort of area of police. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just get your, your bobbies on a beat carrying a drone that can do that. It's, <laughs> it's that. Yeah. It's, Bang! Every two minutes you're walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be the guys who are, you know, raiding flats uh, and, you know, counter-terror stuff, armed crime, organised crime, that, that kind of stuff. But the feedback from them, obviously it's early days because it's brand new technology. The feedback from them is they want to get it in as soon as they can and it's getting through the typical kind of public sector bureaucracy to to get them in as soon as possible so yeah it's, it's definitely it's definitely filling a need and the evolutions with loki with the loki 2 and some of the stuff they're adding in already even though it's a brand new piece of kit adding in little attachments like speakers adding in things that will uh, smash windows to then fly the drone in they're adding in stuff that can drop payloads, running in LiDAR modules, all this kind of stuff on this tiny little drone, tiny little powerful rugged drone. So yeah, that, that's a, a really interesting step towards not just using a drone as an eye in the sky or using it for just putting a thermal camera or a normal camera somewhere you can't. It's using them in environments that you don't really normally think you could you could use drones in. I know uh, Sky Hero have sort of gone all in on that drone at the moment, haven't they as well? It's kind of is there anything else that they offer or is that is that really the one for the uk market or worldwide market um, at, at the minute that's it i mean there are some other internal drones out there for example there's the elios 2 the the caged one the thing with the elios is it, it is bristling with tech it can do some really cool stuff really high uh, quality mapping and inspection and all this stuff and you know police and military they don't they don't need all that so they'll be paying a lot of money for stuff they don't really need. They just want something they can they can get into a building and fly around. So um, there's other stuff that is built for internal use that works really well, but this is the only one that is built specifically for public safety and and defence, or the only one that works as it's meant to. It's built for the market. There are some others out there, but the feedback on them is that they they, they promise a lot and, and don't deliver. Yeah, definitely. So what examples is there for that one flying around? Then have you got anything? So. What would you do with it? Would you just would you need to be in somewhere to fly it inside? Can you fly it from? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's a few ways. So you can fly most of the time. It's flown outside to in. So it, it it's obviously not built to be flown outdoors like a normal drone. There's no GPS, so it will drift. So if it's windy, it can be tricky. You have to be a pretty good pilot to do it. Um, but yeah, you, you launch it launch it outdoors, fly it through a window or through a door that's been opened, and it does it does the first initial sweep. So it can cover say the, the, the ground floor of a, of, a, of a building, of a house, before any police officers or whatever else have to go in. Uh, and then you can take it up the stairs and sit it at the top of the stairs and leave it there. It's got a microphone on it so it can listen. And it's got a night vision camera as part of the system as well. So you can leave it sat listening and watching while you just double check the ground floor and make sure no one sneaks up on you, sneaks down the stairs. Police traditionally would use police dogs a lot of the time for that. So they'd leave a dog sat at the top or bottom of the stairs to alert them if someone, someone's coming. Obviously, again, you'd much rather someone ran out of room and booted the drone down the stairs 
than, than potentially hurt a police dog or even you know hurt themselves because if you try and boot a police dog you're probably going to get uh, you know a more end of the deal there but the the good thing with the drone is if it does get booted down the stairs you can flip it back over and start flying again it's not going to you know write it off from there i don't think there's going to be many people out there coming out seeing one of these massive german shepherds sat the top stairs and going to give that a boot yeah well you, i mean you'd be surprised you'd be surprised especially some of the guys that I, we, we've only got a couple of the loki twos with police forces at the minute because it is relatively new but the reports back they've they've given is that they've taken like a bit of a beating already because they're loud and they're you know they're they're overt when they go into a building and people will come out to see what's what which is great for the police because you fly it through a corridor people start poking their heads out and you've got you can id you can see how many people there is in the building so before anyone goes in they know if there's anyone in there that's potentially armed potentially dangerous wow that's amazing that's amazing so yeah, that, that's fine. What about any any other new kit then, particularly with the with the police? Are they is there anything they're getting interested in? Because I think obviously it's no secret that sometimes the police have been a little bit reserved when it comes to DJI. Yeah, yeah, they, they have they have some reservations on using certain certain kit on security concerns. I think a lot of that gets exaggerated both within that world and outside of it because they think. It's, it's Chinese, so it's insecure and they can't use it. The thing is, 95% or 99% of what police do, they'd be more than happy for anyone to see it because it's not secure. You know, it's, it's not something they need to keep covert. So they're not bothered um, if someone in China wants to watch them perform a search and rescue mission on the coast yeah, of, uh, of Norfolk. It, it, it's completely irrelevant. So the guys that are operating in a world where they don't want necessarily want data to be to be leaked, they will use alternative kit. But the vast majority of police and fire, uh, search and rescue, more than happy to use DJI kit, which brings us on quite nicely to the new the new Mavic, oh, yeah. the, the Enterprise Advanced, and that's one where I mean we started off with the the Enterprise Dual with the little little low resolution thermal camera. The feedback from that, from police and fire and search and rescue was, we love the idea, and in concept it's, it's brilliant in theory, um, but we just cannot, we cannot use it kind of regularly because the data quality is just not quite good enough. Uh, they found they were getting a lot of false, false positives, little heat readings they thought was someone, they'd go and search, there'd be nothing there, and they knew the next step was, a, was an upgrade on that, on that camera. So that's what DJI have done. Yeah, well, this is upgraded the camera. Yeah, you know, this camera on this new Mavic 2 Enterprise Advance now is just it's next level, really, isn't it? I mean, it's very similar resolution to to sort of the H20T that you'd be looking at spending probably as much on just the camera um, as you would be on the full drone itself. So when you when we talk about public safety, and you know, like you mentioned earlier, they're almost. What's the word? They're almost they're using once and then that's it. Mm. Um, it's it's really interesting. So it's, it's a six forty by five twelve resolution. Yeah, compared to I think it was one sixty by one twenty on the old one. So it's it's seventeen times higher right. resolution. So I mean the, the feedback from from the the guys that already have them, police and fire and such rescue guys that have them, is that they can they can now reliably put them up at much greater altitudes. And what they're doing a lot of now, which is really cool, is that they'll scan a huge area with it because they can scan a huge area in a really short amount of time. They'll identify two or three spots where there's a little hotspot. This is for, say, a missing person search or something. And then, then they'll send a dog team to that area. So they'll say, well, we think there's someone around here. 
around here, around here. So three dog teams, they'll sniff around that area and, and find anyone that's, that's around, basically. So it's, a, yeah, it's, they're using them more, it's not just the drone team, they're using them with other teams at the same time. And because the camera's so good, they can, they can cover massive amounts of ground. And normally they'd have to use, yeah, a H20T, a big Matrice 300. Uh, they can't carry it over, you know, muddy fields and all that kind of stuff. And it takes them a long time to set up and it's a lot more expensive. So they're, they're, they're jumping on the new advanced in, in droves. We're going to see, or the public will see a lot more of them uh, being used by police, I think in the next six to 12 months. Yeah, and that's the big thing as well with it. Everyone talks about the great resolution, the, you know, the really big sensor, the RTK precision that it's got. But probably the main selling point of it, I, in, in my head, is it, it's not changed. It's the same size. It's the same drone. Essentially, it's just an upgrade. It's just a lot better. So Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another thing is, like, uh, what you've got to remember as well with people in emergency services is they're just kind of normal guys who are firstly police officers or firstly firefighters and then happen to be drone pilots. A lot of people that listen to, to, to our podcasts and webinars and stuff will be drone enthusiasts. A lot of these guys that are using them aren't drone enthusiasts, so it needs to be easy to use. And if they're familiar, because most of them are trained on Mavics and used Mavic Pros back in the day and they've progressed with the drone, they can pick this new one up and use it really quickly and easily. And that's a, that's a massive plus, because if, if they find it hard to use, if a police officer finds this drone hard to use and it's too complex, or they're worried about the reliability, they just won't use it. They'll just leave it sat, they'll buy it, but they'll just leave it sat in a storeroom. And because they're not confident enough to use it, they just won't use it because they're not drone pilots first, they're drone pilots second. So the ease of use and the familiarities, yeah, that's, that's super important for it as well. Yeah, that's brilliant. So with this this drone, just so people are aware, it is, it is out now. And when I say now, I know this is a podcast before I get the look from the left. Now is April 2021, yeah. so it's out now. So, so yeah, from now we've taken, or already taken nearly 40 orders for it and it's released as we speak this week, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we've got a couple of early releases out to a few a few different guys in, in police who are sort of trialing it. And I think that none of them have used it operationally yet because they like to mess around with it first and make sure they, they actually do what they say. But the feedback from their trials and stuff has been really good. I don't think we've got any hard data yet because normally they'll give you sort of how far away we could spot someone from with the thermal and how good the zoom is to read a registration plate from X meters. So we'll get all that info from them soon, but the feedback so far is it handles and flies and works exactly like the old Mavic, but the camera is as good as the £25,000 Matrice 300 with the H20 combo. Um, so they're, yeah, they're, they're super happy with that. So demands, as soon as they feedback, it's, it's like a loop, a feedback loop. As soon as they feedback, it works. Everyone will find out within the, the community, the SAR, the police, the fire community. Um, and they'll, they'll just, it'll, it'll explode. The demand will explode, definitely. Yeah, well, to, to give people an idea, if you, if, you know, if you are in public safety and you're not up on your re resolution of thermal cameras, but to give you an idea of actually what that meant was when we got the first model in, in the office, we were walking around, we were trialing out the thermal camera, you know, messing around with it, standing in front of it, walking away from it. And it was when we were walking around, we're wearing shoes, but when you're walking around, you can literally see the thermal footprints of your footsteps. It's just how ridiculous the, how ridiculously good the resolution on this thermal camera is. I didn't even think that warmed the floor up. 
Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it is. It is it's, it's considering you know, sort of five six years ago, a thermal camera would cost on its own sort of fifteen twenty thousand pounds, and it would be maybe half the resolution of this one we've got now on a tiny little drone. And there'd be massive cameras that had to go on massive drones, really hard to use. They didn't have any automatic kind of settings, so you'd have to change all the emissivity and all the all the settings of the camera in in the settings to make sure it actually worked in different environments. And now you can you can bang it up and not have a clue about thermography at all, and it'll just auto adjust and it'll 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 get you good quality data. And again, that's that's a big old big old tick for uh, my certainly my market because as I said, they're not uh, without without wanting to without wanting to bash my customers, <laughs> they're not the most tech minded people. Often, you know, then then they're not the engineers, they're not the surveyors, they're not the um, sort of industrial experts. They're the guys doing a, doing a very challenging job, um, and we're hoping the kit we provide helps them do it a bit a bit safer and a bit more efficiently. Uh, best attempt to not sound patronising there, Sam. I like, I like that. Yeah, it was kind of like a back <laughs> backhanded compliment, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They look after us. Let's not annoy them. <laughs> Blimey. Yeah, and that's the other thing with it as well. It's it's thirty two times zoom. So mm. so put even put in the thermal. We've talked a lot about the thermal side of the Mavic 2 Advance, which is brilliant. But putting that to a side, I don't think there's a better drone out there. Take away the thermal. Yeah, I mean, certainly in that certainly in that category. Um, I mean, there are. It, it's not going to do all things for everyone. You know, don't get me wrong. It's, we're not saying this is a ten out of ten. It is the it is the only drone to get. Um, there are other options, and there are other options that do a few things better than better than this does. But for what it's built for, for the for the for the quality of the camera, it's yeah, it's right up there. And what I normally say is, you know, if you give me a list of sort of ten features that you want, I'll probably be able to give you seven or eight on on a drone. Really? There might be two or three we, we can't do. They'll be on another drone. There might be another drone that can do six or seven of those. And then you've got to pick between them. And that's why I really like the fact that we aren't just planting our flag on the DJI hill and just saying, these are the best drones, just buy these, because then you'd know our opinion was biased towards the DJI kit. And I think what a lot of the guys in public safety like is that I'll certainly say if I think there's a better option. So if you say I want to buy a Mavic Enterprise Advanced, but I'm looking to use it in this scenario, and there's something that's slightly better, I'm not going to push you down that route because I want to sell as many of those Enterprise Advanced as I can. It's going to be a case of, if there's a better option, we'll let you know. But I think at the moment in, in public safety, certainly in, in sort of standard search and rescue and missing person searches, the quality of the camera on this just puts it, yeah, head and shoulders above everything else at the moment. Definitely. The, the thing is, there are some, I know there are, they're not negatives, but there are some strong points. There's, there's I, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong with this, Sam, but there's three drones that are similar at the moment. There's the, the Fleur, the new Fleur Altadian drone. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, Parrot USA. I say obviously. That's a, that's a great one. That's been around for a year now or so. Yeah, about a year. Yeah. yeah. And then there's this Enterprise Advance. So pros and cons of each. What do you say? I mean, I know that for example, the pros of the Parrot, the the sort of how good it is in wet weathers. I know that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 that's a big one. Is the IP rating. So because it's got an IP fifty three rating, it can be flowing in a little bit, a little bit of rain. With the Mavic Enterprise Advanced, I mean, you could probably get away with flying in a bit of rain if you really wanted to, but it's not got the IP rating. So yeah, if, if it comes out the sky and you're flying it in rain, 
then your boss is not going to be happy because it's going to you're going to avoid all the warranties and stuff. So you've got to be careful with stuff like that. And then the other thing is the NAF USA has the, the sort of higher security, so a higher level of encryption, data security is more of a concern. It's built in the USA and it's designed in in France. So certain areas within public safety and defence will go for that, but. If those things aren't a concern, i.e. flying in the wet weather and, and sort of the higher levels of security, then the enterprise advanced is starts to look more and more like kind of the only the only real option. And it'd be interesting to see where it goes with it as well, because at the minute it's still just got the the spotlight and the speaker attachments and the beacon attachments on top. DJI have not launched any other sort of clip-on attachments. And I think that is going to be the next step because we've already seen them bring out the RTK, little RTK hat for it. So it can be used for some more sort of survey applications. And I think the next step is they're going to start upgrading, you know, the the attachments and the bits that come with the system rather than just bringing out a new version. They're going to run out of names soon anyway because they've done advanced, they've done pro, they've done dual, they've done zoom. So they're going to have to start doing V2, V3, V4 and and on and on from there. Yeah, great. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, if you're... So if you're listening to this and you're and you're thinking, oh well, I'm not a police officer, I'm not a, you know, I'm not in the military, and you're just a smaller, uh, looking at setting up a security company or even going out with, with volunteer and search and rescue, that sort of thing. The Mavic Two, what would be your take? So I'm, I'm a guy who is setting up a small security firm and, and I want to embrace drone tech. What? What do you think for a low? Yeah, I mean, price? some of the guys, some of the guys that have done stuff similar. What they've, uh, I know someone who's who's recently got a Mavic Enterprise Advanced, and they're looking at using it for security around solar panel farms. Right, really. Um, so, I mean, you want to think security would be a main concern, but it's it, it's more just sort of perimeter perimeter checks, and then obviously because they've got a drone now that's got such a high resolution thermal. While they're doing that, they can say, "Oh, by the way, do you want us to just check your solar panels?" make sure they're all running because obviously if there's an issue with them then they're not absorbing the, the heat and you can see that very clearly with a, with a good thermal camera so yeah it's a i'd be looking towards something like the enterprise advanced certainly to start and then if there's larger sort of contracts up for grabs for security something bigger that you can maybe tether further down the line for like event security that'd be the next step so the next step will be a matrice 300 with the h20t although as we've discussed now that doesn't give you a huge benefit in terms of the, the camera quality and stuff because you can then tether that system and leave it running you know for say 24 hours an event at a festival or whatever it may be um, that's a that's a big tick for the uh, for the m300 and then combining that with some sort of detection system drone detection system as a security company that's um, a, a, another direction to go in so if you're operating a couple of drones in an environment you're the only ones that should be, or you know that you're the only ones that should be operating them, especially if it's a sensitive site. If you've got something like a DJI Aeroscope, a portable system you can just pop open and have running, you can keep an eye on your drones, make sure they're doing what you want them to do, make sure there's, there's nothing untoward there, but also check there's nothing else conflicting the airspace, no one else spying on whatever it is you're, you're doing in that area. Um, so, yeah, from a private security side, I'd start with Enterprise Advanced. I'd, I'd add in something like an Aeroscope for detection, so the next step would be the Matrice 300 then with a, with a tethered system as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and again, we've spoken quite a bit about uh, festivals, talking about raiding houses with the low key, which was pretty exciting. Uh, <laughs> exactly. What about 
Rural crime, is that, I mean, what can drones be used outside the obvious, you know, looking for lost sheep? Yeah, I mean, it, more stolen sheep, I think, than lost sheep is, is the is the concern. Yeah. It's 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 stuff like there's a huge market for stolen agricultural machinery. Right. So a lot of the time, tractors and harvesters and all kinds of stuff will get nicked from farms, and then it will get shipped across to Europe and stripped down and sold. That's a that's a big um, that's a big issue, and most police forces, certainly that are based in more rural areas, have a rural crime team quite a big rural crime team because it is a concern. And then there's also issues with people riding off-road motorbikes and quad bikes and stuff down public footpaths and all this kind of stuff that's less direct crime and more just kind of public safety uh, issues as part of it as well. And drones are being used more and more uh, for call-outs for this. So if a police car comes out to, there's some, there's some kids riding quad bikes on the down a public path and you know nearly hitting people walking their dogs and stuff, Police cars not going to be able to get down that. Police officers aren't going to be able to chase them. But now they can put uh, a drone up and track them as they as they go down these paths. And they're going to get, you know, within two or three kilometres range because police can have special dispensations to, to go further than line of sight and track them and see where they go. And, you know, worst case, they've got a good image of the person and the, and the vehicle that's being used that they can catalogue. And best case, they can follow them and see where they turn off and then, you know, get a police car to follow them from there. So it's, it's becoming a bit more of a deterrent because people now know that they, they can't just jump off road on something on a moped and lose the police uh, and they're gone because the police have the ability to follow them with something in the sky and, and make sure they can, they can track them. And it's making up the fact now that the MPAS, the police uh, air service, the helicopters, very expensive, a lot of funding cuts to them. There's not many, you know, there's nowhere near one for every police force. I think there's only three or four in the, in the UK. So... Mm. It's um, you know they're massively stretched. So anything the police can do to use use drone tech and alleviate some of that pressure and save some of the public's money as well, it's always a always a good thing. Yeah, definitely. And and who who are we working with now? We got we uh, uh, well thirty plus police forces in the UK. We twenty plus fire services. The main sort of main ones for us, obviously based in Leeds, so we do a lot with West Yorkshire. They're quite they're quite happy to let us come down to their training site and test new kit with them, which is always really helpful. The guys there are sort of big advocates of, of drone tech. And whether that's we've just got lucky and they happen to be there, or whether that's because we've had a bit of an influence, I'm not really sure, but they're always happy for us to bring down new kit and test it out in their training facilities. We do a lot with West Mids. We do a lot with um, uh, with the Met, Greater Manchester, Humberside. So most of the, most of the larger police forces uh, and fire services we tend to work with, um, but it's at the point now where pretty much every police force has some sort of drone capability. And most fire services do too. And as it's picking up with search and rescue teams and becoming more affordable, it's less now sort of one or two search and rescue teams that happen to be particularly well-funded have the kit. It's much more widespread. A lot of them have it. There's lots of reports coming out about them saving lives and you know getting to people a lot quicker than they would have done with traditional methods. So these kind of really feel-good stories are just building up. There's more and more of them coming out, which is good to see. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there's not much, not much more that that we can add there. I know we've covered quite a lot in that in that uh, sort of reasonably short space of time. I think what what's what's important for people to know is that it's not just police forces. It's not just military. It's it, 
that can get into these. I know you. I know you, Sam. For example, you'll speak to a lot of a lot of people high up in the military and in certain police forces, looking at bringing in bringing drone teams on a large scale. But what it's also interesting is that you can have a look at these smaller teams. We can advise on what might suit you, depending on different mm. total line of work. Yeah, and the vast majority of the kit we've discussed today is is commercially available. So it's not like you know me saying that this is being used by police means it can only be used by police. A lot of it's available for anyone anyone to operate. I mean, some of it isn't for obvious reasons, but you know, we're not gonna get Dave just popping into the office and buying a Typhon distraction device to strap onto his drone and fly it down the, the street in Leeds. Probably not the best idea, but the, the drones themselves and certainly stuff like the Lorenz technology, that's absolutely available to, to anyone that's interested in it. And, and if you are looking at setting up in the security world, stuff like the Lorenz system is making it uh, you know, a viable a viable business because you can share the data live with your, your clients and they can at any point access and check that you're doing you know, these perimeter sweeps if they, if they so choose. So there's lots of stuff coming in that's making it a lot easier and cheaper for sort of more entrepreneurial people setting up businesses. Whereas in the past sort of, I'd say up to sort of three, four years ago, you had to be a big business with the sort of financial muscle to flex to, to bring drone tech in. Uh, but now it's a lot more lot more accessible for smaller businesses. Brilliant. So anyone can anyone can get in touch with us at Cox. You can speak to himself, Steve, but probably if you're looking at uh, getting into the, the public sector, big or small, if you if you if you're in a police force, if you're in the military and you're wanting just a discussion about drone tech and how it could how it can help, then sure you reach out to Sam. Um, yeah, get in touch. Exactly. But same, even if you've not used it for and, and you work for a security firm or you're looking at getting into a security firm, same same thing. Is that, Sam? Is that right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. So although uh, most of you know, my time's taken up with these, uh, you know, working with police and with the military and stuff, well, that, well, that does mean is I've, I, I like to think anyway that I've got my finger on the pulse with kind of what they want and the latest kind of trends in that in that side of the industry. So if you are looking at getting into um, sort of security, defense um, as, a, as a market and, and, and offering a service within that market, then yeah, let me know. And I can at least tell you if you're on the right track and hopefully advise on, on what, the, what the route to go down is. Definitely, I think Sam's playing himself down a little bit there. He can work with drone technology within the military and public safety and security for four, Five years now, Sam, which is five, yeah, five years. Five years five now, years. so which is an age for drone tech. Considering <laughs> how young it is, that's that's forever. Exactly, exactly. So he's the UK's leading expert when it comes to drones being used within military, public safety, and security. So please feel free, get in touch, but give us a call. Any any advice as well? Is it, so don't just give us a ring if you're buy, thinking of buying a drone. Just give any advice that people want. Copters are here. We can... We can yeah, and, and if you think, I, you know, if you, if you think to yourself, I'm going to get this drone and I'm going to start using it, before you do that, give us a ring, even if, you, even if you're already dead set on what you want to do. And even if it's a 30 second, I'm going to get this one. Yeah, brilliant. You're on the right track. Do it. Or it might be a case of maybe there's a few things you've overlooked that we can that we can point in the right direction. So yeah, no matter what stage you're at in the process, very early and just thinking of some want someone to bounce ideas off, or if you're right at the point of of of, of getting going, give us a shout and we'll we'll do what we can. That's it. And we're always happy to share our own contacts and sort of make make sure people make a success 
of uh, implementing drone technology or growing a business. Yeah, that's it. As much uh, as much collaboration as possible. That's what we want to see. Definitely. Brilliant. Okay, I think that is uh, everything to go through. So thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, Steve. And thanks for uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, um, thanks everyone. Being fun. Yeah, if you've enjoyed the uh, the podcast, the episode, um, then make sure you leave us a review and subscribe to the show. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, as well to find out when our next episode is live. And we will see you next time. Cheers. See you later.